Let's open our Bibles to Genesis chapter 37. And we're teaching on the types in the Old Testament. And we've chosen Joseph to continue a study in a series of lessons. Uh, as Joseph is a type of Christ. And we've covered five of them. Let me just give you the five, and we won't go back and give you all the references in the whole lesson because we had it in our last lesson. We covered five of the types here in the Old Testament. And the first one was the meaning of Joseph's name. And we found that in Genesis 41, verse 45. The next thing we had is back in chapter 37. We'll go through 37 just right on through now. Chapter 37, verse 2. We had, by occupation, Joseph was a shepherd. Also, 37.2, his opposition to evil. Joseph brought unto his father their evil report that was of his brethren. Then also, in verse 33, in verse 3, 37 verse 3, we had his father's love for him. And then in uh, also verse 3, we had his relation to his father's age. So that's how far we've gotten. So it gives you five things already about Joseph being a type of Christ. Now then, we're going to... Uh, I said we have 65 65 of these types, and my son Sunday thought we was going to cover all 65 of them in one lesson, but we didn't do that. He was here from Fort Worth. By the way, he just now got home, and he's safe and sound. He called me right before I started the church. Back to Fort Worth. Okay. The next thing we find is also in verse 3, and you might put number 6 by it. This will be the sixth one of the fact that Joseph is a type of Christ. And we find here in... Uh, Verse 3, there was something else, and it's a little harder to define um, as to show his type, but yet I believe that we can, it's a little more difficult, but I believe we can do that because we have other scriptures that will bear out the truth of it. It says, let's read verse 3, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Now look, the last part, And he made him a coat of many colors. So his coat of many colors is number 6. And what this is, it's a mark of distinction. A mark of distinction. Now, uh, if you'll turn to I'll, uh, two passages of Scripture, and then we'll talk about Jesus in the New Testament, but two passages of Scripture that show us that the coat of many colors is a mark of distinction. In fact, it distinguished Joseph from all the rest of the brothers, did it not? Now, look in Judges chapter 5. And we'll read a passage of Scripture. Now, whether this particular incident is, shows us either good or bad, it does show us the point I want to make, a point of distinction. Uh, Judges, 35, uh, Judges 5, verse 30. Judges 5, verse 30. Now, look at, at it. It says, Have they not sped? Have they not divided the prey? To every man a damsel or two. Now look, to Caesarea, a prey of divers colors, a prey of divers colors of needlework, of divers colors of needlework on both sides. Now notice the last statement. Meet for the necks of them that take the spoil. 
someone distinguished as the one that takes us far. And in this case, uh, the battle that was being waged in the incident there that was uh, before us. And we won't go back and talk all about it because I want to give you another incident. You find it in Second Samuel, if you will, the book of Second Samuel, chapter 13 and verse 18. And by the way, the same situation is true here. It's not that this is a very pleasing thought because Tamar, the one we have reference to here, uh, suffered a uh, very hostile attack by Ammon, and her brother, wherein it was a sexual uh, situation that brought about her uh, grief over what happened. But you can read the context. But I just want you to notice verse 18 to make the point that that there are those that are distinguished or pointed out. And it says in verse 18, 2 Samuel 13, verse 18, And she had a garment of divers colors upon her, for, for with such robes were the king's daughters that were virgins apparel. See, here's a distinguishing mark of the king's daughters that were virgins, that they, they wore this uh, divers colors. Then his servant brought her out and bolted the door after her, and Tamar put ashes on her head, symbol of, of uh, mourning, and rent her garment of divers colors that was on her head, and laid her hand on her head, and went on crying. Did I give you the right reference? Second Samuel chapter 13, verse 18 and 19. Did I give you the proper reference? Okay. Okay. So all I wanted to point out is that it distinguishes someone. Now, how Joseph, turn back to Genesis 37, if you will, verse 3, where Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. So we find that this is a distinguishing mark for this son that was the son of his old age, was the son that he loved so dearly, and the, the, all the other things that we have said about Jacob loving Joseph. Now, how does this relate to Jesus? How is he distinguished? How is, how is it that the focus is made upon Christ? Almost everything about his life we could include that would show his glories and his, his uh, things about Jesus that show us that he was distinguished from among men in so many ways. But let's just take a few. For instance, his birth. His birth. If you notice in Luke chapter 1, verse 30, it says, And the angel said unto her, this is unto Mary, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Now look, And behold, thou shalt, have, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and shalt bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. So he was named before he was ever born before he was ever conceived. And then it says, He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. That distinguishes him, does it not? And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. So all of these things. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, Now look at this. 
distinguished in this fashion that he was virgin born, that this was the miracle of all time, that he would be born of a virgin and not have a human father. Now look, an angel said unto her, Did I give you the right reference? Verse 35. Luke 1 verse 35 now. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the high shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. So, I, I don't think we have any problem marking out Jesus as someone that's distinguished. And all of this speaks, not that it was a literal coat of many colors, but this shows the distinguished person. And in type you would find that that is true, that he's distinguished from uh, his brethren and from, from many others. But, uh, and remember it is baptism, we can go on and on, but remember it is baptism, what happened? When Jesus was baptized, the Bible says that the, that the Father from heaven spake, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. The Holy Spirit in the form of a dove came and lighted upon Him. Uh, there is a distinguishing of Christ all through His ministry. Come in and have a seat, folks. Uh, if you remember that uh, Mount of Transfiguration where the Bible says that he uh, was transfigured before them and his face did shine as the sun and his raiment was white as the light. And we find that uh, Peter, James, and John were taken up with him on a high mountain apart to pray. You find it in, by the way, you find it in Matthew 17. You find it in Luke chapter 9 and Mark chapter 9. That's the three places you find the, the transfiguration. That's pretty easy to remember. Luke. Mark 9 and Luke 9, Matthew 17. Anyway, we find that that shows us another mark of distinction. But you know, we find when Jesus was uh, crucified and uh, after the crucifixion took place and there was a writing over His head of Hebrew, Latin, Greek, this is Jesus, King of the Jews, and so on. I want you to notice down in John 19, verse uh, 24. They said, therefore, well, let's read verse 23. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier apart, and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. I'm sure that this was a very special garment for Jesus that his mother had made. They said, therefore, among themselves, let us not rend it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be, that the Scripture might be fulfilled, which saith, they parted my raiment among them, and for my vesture they did cast lots. So it was even distinguished in prophecy back in the Psalms when this was spoken of Jesus. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. So we find that uh, the coat of many colors was made by for uh, Joseph oh, oh, Hold your place now back in Genesis chapter 37 because we'll, we'll give you some more types as we go through. That was number 6, by the way. We said there's, that there are 65 of them that we want to point out. And that was number 6. And we won't get them all tonight, really, won't we? We'll just get a few of them. So number 7, I want you to look in... 37.4, look in verse 4 and write number 7 right beside it if you're still writing the numbers in your Bible. Notice what it says here. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. 
So the hatred of his brothers is number seven. The hatred of Joseph's brothers. And what was it that caused this hatred? First of all, they were jealous, were they not? Because his, his father loved him in a very special way. And it caused the brothers to hate him the more. And there are other things that will show that hatred. But we'll, and we'll get into that in a moment. But let's notice especially that he was hated by his brethren. You know, how does this relate to Christ? How was he hated of his brethren? Well, first of all, the Bible says he came unto his own, and his own received him not, right? He came unto his own, and his own received him not. And Paul said in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 22, here's a reference if you'd like it. He says, if any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be accursed, right? So, and by the way, this has to do not only with his brethren, but it has to do with mankind in general. You either love Jesus or you hate him. There's no in-between ground. Some people say, well, I'll just straddle the fence. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says, he that believeth on him is not condemned. Okay, those that love him, right? But he that believeth not, you're not going to straddle the fence. You're just going to remain an unbeliever. He that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You find that in John 3, verse uh, maybe 17 and 18. But think of it for a moment. This puts all mankind as well as his brethren, and his brethren especially, those that were his actual brethren. Look in the book of Psalm 2, verse 12. Psalm 2 and verse 12. Notice what it says. It says, Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little, blessed are all they that put their trust in him. You see the two sides of of the coin here, those that reject him, Psalm 2, verse 12. Notice. In other words, kiss, the kiss is a sign of reconciliation. Be reconciled. Be, uh, trust, trust in the Son, the Son of God, lest he be angry. You're under condemnation. And you perish from the way. Those who are unbelievers will perish. But he says, when his wrath is kindled but a little. And then it says, blessed are all they that put their trust in him. See that? So you're either a believer or a non-believer. One of the two. There's no sense th- such thing as straddling the fence. People say, I'm not against Jesus, but I'm not for Him. Well, by not being for Him, you're already against Him. Jesus said, He that is not with me is what? Against me. He said those words. Now then, when we're thinking of His brethren and the hatred, I want to uh, we'll get into some more things about how this hatred increased. First of all, you see that, hold your place, Genesis 37, verse 4, and when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. Now notice, simply because of the fact that the father loved him, they hated him. And when we come over in the New Testament, we'll find that everywhere that, that God the Father shows his love for his son, we'll find that people show their hatred for the Son. Now then, they not only hated Him, but they hated Him because of His words. Let's go on down a little bit, and we'll read some more things. In verse 8, well, let's just read down through verse 8, and you'll see that they hated Him because of His words. We read verse 4. Let's read verse 5. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. 
For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. The field now, circle that word, that's important. And lo, my sheep arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance to my sheep. And his brethren said unto him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him. Now look, here's the statement in verse 8. And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his what? Words. See that? So the point we want to make is Joseph is hated because of his words. Now then, how is Jesus hated because of his words? I'll give you several references in the New Testament. Look in John chapter 5, if you will, and John chapter 6, 5 verse 18. Look in 5 verse 18. Notice what it says. Let's read verse 17. Jesus told them something in 17, and then verse 18 is the outcome of the hatred. John chapter 5, verse 17. And Jesus answered them, My Father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore, now just what he said, you have John 5, verse 17. And it says, Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said that also that God was his Father, making himself equal with God. So his relationship to the Father, because the Father loved him, and also the words that he spoke, My Father worketh hitherto, and I work. And they claimed that it was blaspheming, and they sought the more to what? Kill him. That's why he was hated. Let me give you one in John chapter 6, verse 41. Look in John chapter 6, if you have the Gospel of John, and look at verse 41. But before we read verse 41, the context shows, he says, For I came down from heaven. He said, I am the bread. In verse 33, he says, For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven. And in verse 35, he says, I am the bread of life. Verse 37 I mean, 38, he says, For I came down from heaven not to do my own will. Verse 39 is, This is the Father's will which has sent me. Now, verse 40, And this is the will of him that sent me. Verse 40, That everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Now, verse 41 shows the hatred. Look at verse 41. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. See? They murmured at him because he said, I am the bread. They didn't like his words. They didn't like his claims. And so he was hated the more. Look in John chapter 10, if you will. John chapter 10 and verses 30 and 31. Well, let's read verse 28 through 31. He says, I, well, verse 27. I'll have to go back because it's a continuation. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and, I, and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Look at verse 31. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Why? Just because of what he said. He said, I and my Father are one. He talked about his sheep and giving them eternal life. It says, then they took up stones. Jesus answered them, many good works have I showed you from my Father, for which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. See his words. And because that thou being a man, makest thyself God. See, his words caused them to hate him yet the more. Give you some more references. Look in Luke's Gospel, if you will. Chapter 4, verse 28 and 29. We're still talking about... Joseph being hated because of his words, and Jesus being hated because of his words. 
Look in Luke 4. Remember the context of Luke chapter 4? Jesus preached His first sermon. We gave you two key verses, but let's get the context here. Drop back to verse 16. It says, He came to Nazareth where He had been brought up, and as it was His custom, He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto Him the book of the prophet Esaias, or Isaiah. And when He had opened the book, He found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon Me, because He hath anointed Me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent Me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words. See the words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? And he said unto them, Ye will surely say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also in this in thy country. And he said, Verily I say unto you, No prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of a truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, or Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Sephta, the city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elias, the prophet, and it's uh, not Elijah, but Elias, the prophet, and none of them was clean saving Naaman, the Syrian, remember? Okay. Now then, and all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, all they've been saying, were filled with wrath. What did it do to them? They were filled with wrath, and rose up and thrust him out of the city, and led him unto the brow of the hill whereon their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. Throw him off the cliff of the city. But he passing through the midst of them went his way. Okay, they didn't do it, but that was their intent, wasn't it? So their hatred was because of what he claimed. And that was after he preached his first sermon to them. And he said this, remember what he said? He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to captives, covering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now listen carefully. He's quoting from Isaiah. Listen. I believe it's chapter 61. And what he's saying, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I've given you this before, but notice he stopped there. He closed the book and he sat down and they all wondered at the gracious words that proceeded out of his mouth. But what he did not say was the next statement that Isaiah said. Remember what I gave you? How many remember? Do you remember what I gave you? Okay. How many remember? I see two uh, two hands. Uh, uh, you do too. Emily remembers. Nancy remembers. Because in Isaiah it says, And the day of vengeance of our God. And you know why Jesus left off with the acceptable year of the Lord? Because He said, This day is this Scripture, what? Fulfilled in your ears. And if He had said the day of vengeance of our God, then the wrath of God and the judgment of God that has come later on in the tribulation and, you know, the great judgments would have to be poured out, wouldn't they? 
So he knew just exactly where to stop in order to say, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. The acceptable year of the Lord. Anyway, that's just another point we wanted to make. Two more thoughts about being hated because of his words. Look at John chapter 7, verse 7. John chapter 7, verse 7. Jesus said, The world cannot hate you, but me it hateth, because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. John 7, verse 7. See that? Had not Joseph... Now look, it's a type. Joseph, did he not bring the evil report of his brethren? Did not Jesus say the world hates him because he testified thereof that the works thereof are evil? Let's think of that for a moment. Notice all through the Gospels the action of those that he testifies of their works that are evil or reveals their sin. Let's put it that way. Remember, when the Pharisees heard, when he told them of their sins, they they got mad, didn't they? They were always angry because he revealed their sins. Now, look at the woman of Samaria. When Jesus came by in John chapter 4, listen, the woman of Samaria, what happened? She saw Jesus. Jesus said, give me a drink of this well of water, Jacob's well. And uh, you know the story how that she was a Samaritan woman. It says, how that you being a Jew just ask drink of me who is a woman of Samaria. And Jesus said, if you knew who was speaking to you, you would ask of him living water. And she says, sir, where do you get this water? And he says, go and call your husband. And then I'll tell you about it, you know. And she says, Sir, I have no husband. And he says, Truly you have said, I have no husband, because thou hast had five husbands. And he says, The one that you now have is not your husband. You're not even married to him. Go call thy husband. But she wanted that living water. But he brought her to confession. And then when she was given that living water, Jesus had said, Whosoever drinketh of this water, the Jacob's well, shall thirst again. But whosoever shall drink of the water that I shall give him, it shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And it says she left her water pot there and went into the city and said, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? So what effect does the, re- the revelation of your sin or Jesus revealing your sin to you or, or bringing it out have on you? Are you willing to repent and confess, you know, I have no husband? Are you willing to bring it out in the open and uh, find out that Jesus knows all about your sins? She says, He told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? But she went away with a with living water. And she said, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? So what we wanted to show you by that is that the twofold effect when the Pharisees, when he revealed the sins of the scribes and the Pharisees, they became angry. When he revealed the sins of his brethren, they became angry. The high priest became angry. And yet, we find that the woman of Samaria did not become angry. Let me give you another reference. John chapter 8, verse 40. Let's talk about this. Let's pick up with verse 37. I know that you're Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. See that? John 8, verse 37. We'll follow it right on there. Okay. He says, you're Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because what my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and you do that which you have seen 
with your father? They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. Then said they unto him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceed forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech, even because ye cannot hear my word? Then he says, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And he goes on down in verse 45, And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And I say to the, and if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? Now he says, He that is God, he that is of God, heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because you are not God. You are not of God. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say, say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil? Jesus answered, I have not a devil, but I honor my Father, and you did dishonor me. And so on and so forth. So because of his words, they hated him. All right, let, let me give you the next one of these types that we find here. Hold your place in Genesis 37. The next one is this. You find it, the number 9, you'll find it in verses 5 and 6. Actually, it goes way on down through verse 8 at least about his dreams. And then he had another dream. But let's take up 5 through 8. We'll be okay. And you might put beside that one, this is the ninth one of these types. We just gave you number 8, right? This is the ninth one. Put it by 5 through 8 because this will be the section that you'll be dealing with. Let's read 5 through 8. And Joseph dreamed a dream and he told it his brethren and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For, we bo- for behold, we were binding sheaves in the field and lo, my sheaf arose and, and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance or obeisance to my sheaf. And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. Now let's think of that for a moment. Joseph was to enjoy a remarkable future. Let's go ahead and read verse 9 and 10. It says, And he dreamed yet another dream and told his brethren, and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more, and behold, the sun, look, and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren, and his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I, that would be the sun, and thy mother, the moon, and thy brethren, that would be the, the eleven stars, indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee, to the earth? So, the ninth thing that we want to give you, that Joseph was to enjoy a remarkable future. They would bow down to him. He would be a ruler. Remember, we read in Luke chapter 1, verse 31 through 33, where it tells us he will sit upon the throne of his father David, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. So, he was to enjoy a remarkable future. That's the statement of the type here. To enjoy a remarkable future. 
The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, and His name, listen, and His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And it says of the increase of His government shall be upon His shoulders, and so on and so forth. So we find that the remarkable future is spelled out for Joseph. It's spelled out for Jesus, isn't it, as well? If you want that reference, just put down Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7, and Luke 1, verse 31 through 33. And then, another thing we find in this same section that we just read, especially verse 9 and 10, is that Joseph foretold his future sovereignty. This is number 10. Joseph foretold his future sovereignty. And we read verse 9 and 10, which tells us that the, not only the father and the mother, but uh, all the sons were to bow down to him. By the way, they literally did, didn't they? Later on. We're going to read that. And we find that, furthermore, that everyone is to bow down before Jesus. But let's, let's give you a reference in Matthew 26, verse 64. Matthew 26 and verse 64. See if we can get that one. Notice what it says here. Jesus saith unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless I say unto you, Hereafter, now listen, Hereafter shall you see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now ye have heard his blasphemy. What think ye? They answered and said, He is guilty of death. You see what happened? As a result of his claim, Hereafter you'll see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power, on the right hand of God. That's Matthew 26, verse 64. And coming in the clouds of heaven. That has to do with it. His future sovereignty. Let me give you the next one. You still have, we have time for this one more, maybe. In Genesis 37 now, look on down. Look at verse 11. And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the same. Joseph was envied by his brethren. Where do we get the envy? How is this a type of Christ? He was envied by his brethren. You had 37 verse 11. And that's number 11, by the way, of the type. I'll give you New Testament references. Look in Mark chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. Mark chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. I think I've got the right one. Notice what it says. This is the parable of the vineyard, of course. Well, maybe we'd better read a little more of it to get the the, uh, thought. Let's just read from verse 1 through 7 and through 8. Okay. He says, And he began to speak unto them. This is Mark chapter 12, verse 1. And he began to speak unto them by parables. A certain man planted a vineyard and set an hedge about it and digged a place for the wine fat and built a tower and let it out to, to husbandmen. And went into a far country, and at the season he sent to the husbandman a servant that he might receive from the husbandman of the fruit of the vineyard. And they caught him and beat him and sent him away. This is a servant that this uh, man that had this vineyard. And they caught him and beat him and sent him away empty. Now verse four. And again he sent unto them another servant, and at the uh, and at 
him they cast stones and wounded him in the head and sent him away shamefully handled. Verse 5, And he sent another, and him they killed, and many others, beating some and killing some. So they treated all these servants mean. Having yet therefore one son, his well-beloved, he sent him also last unto them, saying, They will reverence my son. But those husbandmen said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance shall be ours. And they took him and killed him and cast him out of the vineyard. What shall therefore the Lord of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the husbandmen and will give the vineyard unto others. And have you not read this scripture, The stone which the builders rejected has become the head of the corner? This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. And they sought to lay hold on him, but feared the people, for they knew that he had spoken the parable against them. And they left him and went their way. What is it? You see, when their sin was revealed, they got angry, didn't they? So what is the point we wanted to make? He was envied by his brethren. Another, I'll give you two more passages of Scripture in the New Testament, and then we'll have to close. John chapter 12, verse 18 and 19. John 12, verse 18 and 19 says this, For this cause the people also met him, for that they heard that he had done this miracle, he did a miracle that we will, that was recorded earlier. And it says 19, The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, Perceive ye how ye prevail nothing? Behold, the world is gone after him. They were against him. And then in Matthew 27, verse 17 and 18, this will be our last reference. Matthew 27, verse 17 and 18. Notice what it says here. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate saith unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? Now look, we talked about envy. For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. Even Pilate knew that Why did they deliver Jesus? For envy. They had delivered Him. We'll give you number 12 in our next lesson. We'll let that suffice for tonight. But let me just remind you of what we've studied so far and give them to you in case you've missed some of them. The first thing about it was Joseph's name. The meaning of his name, and that was Genesis 41, verse 45. And then I hope you've marked them because I'm not going to give you the verse again. It would be too... Lengthy. But the second thing, by occupation, Jesus, Joseph was a shepherd, and so was Jesus. Then we talk about his opposition to evil, so was Jesus opposed to evil. About his father's love, we dealt with that. About his relation to his father's age. About his coat of many colors, number six. Number seven, that he was hated of his brethren. Number eight, Joseph is hated because of his words. Number nine, he was Uh, Joseph was to enjoy a remarkable future. Number 10, Joseph uh, foretold his future sovereignty. And number 11, Joseph was envied by his brethren. We'll take up number 12 in our next lesson. If you don't have those, well, just ask me and I'll give you the reference or anything you might need. But I want to thank you for your patience, your kind attention, and we'll continue our study Sunday night on this same subject. Until we get through with 65 of them. You know, some have said that there's probably over 100. 